Hallelujah. Happy New Year to you. This is a great season. We have entered not just another year, it's another decade. And so there are some things that the Lord wants us to apprehend so that we can position ourselves. The prophetic word is not just to come to encourage you or to stir you. The prophetic word is to set your feet in the path that God has already carved out so that you can have an easier level of victory and maintain dominion once you get there. The prophetic word is God telling you what he's already decided so that once you agree with him, he's announcing to the atmosphere, devil, you can't stop it and people can't change it. The prophetic word comes to light you on fire so you can burn and let people watch the glory of God. The prophetic word comes to change the generations you were born from into the generations that should be. The prophetic word comes to unlock you from who they made you to be and loose you into who he called you to be. So when the word of the Lord comes, God is not just tickling your ear or stirring your spirit. He is saying to you, I'm giving you a map, baby, and there's a treasure at the end. Go get your destiny. So in this hour, God is calling us to push past all levels of unbelief which means you have to make a quality decision as we enter into this year to check who's in your circle. Because if you surround yourself with people who keep giving up their faith, who keep stopping, who keep compromising, God has sent you to minister to them, but he didn't tell you to run with them. You've got to know the difference between an assignment and family. Ah. Family are those that run as fast as you run because you're headed in the same direction. You've heard the same word and you are destined by God to stand in the same territory and announce the kingdom of God has come in power. That's the family of God. How do we understand that? Jesus said, who is my mother and my brothers, but they that do the will of him that sent me. Jesus announces in the word, you've got to go through your life and stop letting the natural connection stop the spiritual power uh, I don't know if y'all are ready because I didn't come to play this morning we're going to take a hold of this word because God is trying to set our feet into a new level of authority dominion and ownership I have reached the place where the Lord said to me I don't need you to ask me for what I've already said is yours And I don't know when we're finally going to believe that we are sons and daughters of God. Because if we still act like we have to beg him for it, then we don't believe he gave it. I don't have to beg for what I was given. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. And it's not humility to act like you don't own what is yours. It is disobedience. Ah, God is good. That's just the preamble. We hadn't even got to the message. Oh, yes. Every year when I go home, the Lord begins to stir me. And so I want to say to you that as we get ready to talk about the word today, as we've entered 2020, one of the major scriptures I'm going to touch today is 2 Chronicles 2020, 
We're going to dig into that and we're going to look at it in a way you may not have looked at it before. And I'm thankful that the first service this year, we're digging into the prophetic word because the word is clear. He says, believe the Lord, your God, and you shall be established. But believe his prophets and show shall you prosper. There's a level of prosperity. That word prosperity is not just referring to physical prosperity. It means ownership, success, breakthrough, provision. God declares there's a level of provision and success you cannot reach until you let your mind yield to that prophetic word. That you stop waiting for 10 more confirmations. And if you know a prophet came to you and they give you a word, he said, I need you to set your sail and head in the direction of that word because your destiny is tied to a destination. And many of us miss our season. Because we've surrounded ourselves with people who we've called prophets who are not prophets. Oh, you ain't ready this morning. Now, if you put your weight on a broken staff and you fall, that's not the person's fault. You knew the stick was broke when you leaned on it. So scripture is clear. He says, make sure everyone should prophesy. That is clear. Everyone that's born again should prophesy because the prophetic is simply the spiritual nature of a born again person to hear God and to repeat what you heard. That's all prophecy is. Paul says, I would that you would all prophesy. The gift of prophecy is different than the spirit of prophecy. In the body of Christ, everyone falls under the spirit of prophecy. It means everybody can give a good word, a word of encouragement, a word to bless you. The gift of prophecy is not just giving a good word. The gift of prophecy is the Holy Ghost stirs the missing component they need to unlock them for breakthrough. So when they hear that prophetic word, it is clear. He says the unbeliever will be converted and the believer will say God is in the house. So the prophetic word doesn't just come to tell you you're okay and you're going to have a good day. That's encouragement. The prophetic word, the gift of prophecy comes. The nine gifts of the spirit are to break the back of all opposition, to announce the kingdom has come in power and to release another level of throneship in the room. So when God begins to prophesy, He's not just trying to encourage you. He's trying to push you forward. And the gift of prophecy is not the same as a prophet. A prophet has a governmental authority to change the season you've been living in. Now we've got to clarify what each one of those are because many of us are naming people who move in the prophetic prophets. So we're trying to build our life on an utterance but not a government. And it takes a governmental authority to shift the season. Is this making sense? Okay. That's why we have to be careful. That's why the Bible says you'll know a prophet, number one, if their word comes to pass. So the gift of prophecy will be accurate. The spirit of prophecy is where we practice. That's where we grow because the spirit of prophecy sits on the entire body. So the Holy Ghost, when the nine gifts are flowing, he is not practicing. He is accurate. Oh, you're quiet, but you're going to hear this. <laughs> because the Holy Ghost is God. 
Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. So if the Holy Ghost is the third person of the Trinity, you're telling me that God is missing it on a regular basis. So under the spirit of prophecy, we grow mature in practice. The gift of prophecy is to be released at divine moments to shift us. The office of the prophet comes seasonal and cyclical to show up and break open atmospheres so we can attain another level of maturity, so we can manifest dominion, so we can own what should be ours. So we're in the hour where God is saying he's raising up prophets again. He's raising up the office of the prophet and the purity of the prophets. So that when they speak, their words come to pass with power, signs and wonders. And without debate, we know the Lord has spoken. So I say to many of you, God is stirring another level of the prophetic in you. Because for this hour we're going into, we don't need guesses. <laughs> don't guess when you give me a word don't guess now if you're going to encourage me you can guess I just feel like the Lord is saying you need to be encouraged that's okay because that's a good word that's what he's talking about you're practicing with a good word I feel like the Lord wants to tell you that your family is going to be better my family's okay, but I can receive that because it's a good word. But when you step into the gift of prophecy, it's the Holy Spirit suddenly stirring in you. It is a naba. It is the explosion of water coming up from the ground. It is a sudden release that was not in your mind. It is not a mental connection, but a spiritual explosion. And at that moment, we don't have to guess. We don't have to wonder why, because it didn't come from you, but it came through you. The office of the prophet is they have been seasoned over time. You are called a prophet from your mother's womb, but you are not released as a prophet until you have matured. So we have many who we have announced you're a prophet, but we didn't teach you the process. So we've got prophets who haven't been processed now a prophet who doesn't graduate their process will destroy what they were sent to build i hadn't even got to my notes debbie we're just talking good now we're just talking good a prophet that does not complete their process why because you will eventually get upset with the people you were sent to speak to because you haven't been processed to learn to master your emotions. So when people don't respond, you get frustrated. When people don't change fast enough, you get offended. And when people resist, you leave. So we have prophets who left their assignment because they were focused on the reaction of people rather than the word from God. Ah, that's why you've got to complete your process. If you'll go through your full process, what does process look like? Now, this is part of what's going to happen this year. Many of you, because of this prophetic anointing, and this year God said to me, this is the year of arising prophets. 
which means every person who's been called to move in a deeper prophetic level, God is going to put you in class. And for those of us who keep cutting class, he's going to make you repeat a year. <laughs> some of y'all look blessed. Some of y'all just look miserable. You're like, no, don't say that. Don't say that. I can't do this again. I can't. I can't. But if you understand prophetic process, God does not release you to transform people's lives until you are willing to let him transform yours. How does God transform your life? By putting you in situations that are contrary to your peace. The stuff that annoys you, that gets on your nerves, the people you don't like, the job that you hate, the place you want to move out of, the neighborhood you're sick of, your family that you're trying to get away from. And if you keep moving from your assignment, you will end up in the same cycle in a different location because you cannot escape class. Which is how we get prophets who say God told me to be here. And then a year later, they're moving. Well, how are you moving if God sent you? Well, because things just ain't working out. Then that's not God, that's you because you haven't submitted to the process. That's how we have people who God gave you that job. Six months ago, you stood up and told everybody, God bless me with a new job. I love this job. I pray for this job. I just got a raise. Oh, it's just God is, oh, heaven is open on oh, Jesus. And then one lady, one guy on the job starts criticizing you, talking about you. You didn't get the promotion you thought you would get. Somebody else stole your parking space. And now you've got your entire prayer network praying for a new job. But you said God gave you that job. We all signified and knew God gave you that job. So what's the problem? The problem is not the job. The problem is God is trying to work something out of you. So when you get to the new job in six months, it's going to be the same issue because the issue is not the job. The issue is he will not let you escape class until you graduate the education of your call. It will follow you. I know I'm all right and the Lord is with me, but my wife, Lord, she's a mess. And so some time passes and you just feel like it's not working out and you go get you another wife. And that seems to be good. And then in a few years, we hear you telling the same story. I don't know what's wrong with this one. She just won't hear God, just won't serve the Lord. Now you're looking for another one. Well, let me tell you something now, that must be you. Why? Because if the same problem shows up in the people you connect to, then that means that problem is actually in you and it's making them manifest. Because God will not let you escape class. This is the year where God is putting his prophetic voices in school. In the school of maturity, in the school of finance, in the school of honor, in the school of integrity, 
What does that mean? So he's going to put you in a position where they don't pay you what you think you should make. And he's going to see if you leave the place he put you just for somewhere else that offers more money. But you know they don't have character. He's going to bless you with extra money to see if you remember you tithed when you had no money. Now you've got some money and suddenly I'll give it to God later after I get the car I want and take the trip I want. So now you were good when you had nothing. But now that you got something, you suddenly have to use your money for your dream. But you were too broke to dream. Now that you finally have enough money to hope, you forgot God. So God says, I've got to put them back in class. So I've got to let the well I opened for them shut down. Because the only time they honored me was when I did not release what they were praying for. And you keep going, the devil is messing with my finances. The devil hadn't touched your money. God touched your money because he's trying to make you wake up and realize class must be completed. God will put you in situations. I'm going to give you a couple of scriptures in a minute, but is this all right? I hadn't seen y'all for a few weeks. I got to walk it all out now. <laughs> God will put you in situations because of that prophetic anointing. The prophetic anointing is life giving words or words that produce death. Now we're supposed to speak life. If you have been processed and you mature, you will keep your lips from speaking death. If you haven't finished your process, when you are frustrated and offended, you will curse what you were sent to bless. This is why we have people who keep having storms follow them relationally. Because you think it's everyone else and it's the devil when the truth is you just mean with your mouth. And you're beating up on people God sent you to bless. So the Lord said, I'm going to let you live in a place where you think everyone is against you until you finally recognize if they're all against me, it must be me. Oh, y'all quiet now. They're good. They're good. That's good. Let me say it again. When they get quiet, I will stand right there. Oh, the whole world didn't hate Jesus. Just a few. Because many of the people said, why are they crucifying this righteous man? So if everybody is against you, that means that's your mindset, not a reality. So God has allowed a situation to form to reveal your mindset. And if you choose not to humble your mindset, you will end up breaking relationship with the people who revealed the issue you refuse to deal with. So God says, you're going to be in class all over again because you wouldn't hear your mama. You won't hear your granddad. You won't hear your brother and sister. So I put people on the job to confront you. You refuse to hear them on the job. You think they're jealous of you. They're offended at you. So I'll put people in church. Then you think they're jealous of your anointing. They're jealous of your calling. They just wish they had what I had. So God says, you won't hear your family. You won't hear the job. You won't hear people in church. So I'm going to have to let you live in the cave you created, the place of isolation and rejection that you built in your own mind because you will live in your reality until you recognize it ain't real. 
This is the year where we have to assess clearly what God is revealing and not make it everyone else's issue. In this year, we cannot reach maturity until we own our process. What does that mean? It does not matter how anybody else responds to me. My job is to love in response. It does not matter if everyone talks against me. My job is to bless them while they talk. It is not my job to make everyone like me. It is my job to obey the one who loves me. And if I will do with the right perspective what God has called me to do, he will sort out people. But if you spend your time trying to sort out people, you will end up ignoring God. So the choice has to be made. Only one of these groups can give you your future. God can give you your future. People will give you issues. I choose God. Choose God, choose God, choose God. Look at somebody say, choose God. Choose God. Look to the other side and say, did you hear him? Choose God. <laughs> this is the year where your choice will determine your destiny. Your choice determines your destiny. Let's look at the word. Oh, the Lord is good. I want you to turn with me. Let me give you these two words. In the Hebrew, the word that falls this year is 5780, 5780. And there is many things that I'm going to share, and I'll get to many of those tonight because we're not going to have time to get into all of it this morning. So some of it I'm going to touch tonight. Tonight, I'm going to be releasing the prophetic words that he has for this nation. We're going to talk about the Lord spoke to me when I went home about America. He spoke for three days. He said what was going to happen, what is coming. Then he spoke to me about India and England, and he even spoke about Egypt and down in uh, Middle East. He spoke for so many days that I just filled up notebooks. And I said, Lord, I'm amazed. He said, everything I've said to you, when you only said what I said, has it not come to pass? I said, yes, sir. He said, only say what I say. Only say what I say. He said, if you'll say what I say, it will come to pass. He said, don't add to it. Don't explain it and don't go back and say, I think it means this. He said, I don't need you to interpret me. Just say what I said. So we're going to deal with that tonight. We're going to talk about the nation. This nation is about to go through a phenomenal time of God bringing us into a new place of purity. And God is going to bring us into a place of purity. But I say to each one of us, that's going to first start with the house of God. Judgment begins in the house of God. So while we've all been so focused on political issues and what's going on, we have been inundated into the situation where we've now drawn lines in churches politically. We've spent two and a half years deciding who we believe. And what we've ended up doing is spending all of our time trying to pick which master we like better. So I like the Democrats to be the master of my life because this is the decisions they'll make. Well, I want the Republicans to be the master of my destiny. And the Lord says you cannot serve two masters. So this is not about picking Democrats or Republicans because both of them are wrong right now. 
Nobody is doing what the Bible said in front of this nation, not one. What scripture says, and he told us to do, and how we're supposed to lead, there's not a one of them right now acting like Jesus. So many of us need to quiet down our political affiliation and get back to our spiritual life. Because there's a level of authority we're called to walk in that we cannot yet manifest because we're too busy prophesying politics instead of speaking powerful words from God. We're too busy fighting each other on Facebook rather than praying in the secret place. We're too busy telling each other you're wrong about your post rather than crying out to God till he touches their life and changes their mind. So we need a Holy Ghost washing over the church in America because we're making a dividing line that's going to take us years to get back from if we don't get back to the feet of Jesus. And I'm too old to want to do this again and I'm too saved to lie. So we got to do it God's way. God's way. God's way. God's way. I'm going to say it whether people write me or not, God's way. Whether anybody accepts it or not, God's way. I'm not trying to be popular. I want to be holy. God's way. We're going to do what God said the way God said to do it. Why? Because only God can heal a nation. And we need this nation healed. Healed. Oh, where are the intercessors? Where are the prayer warriors? Where are those that will look beyond the news report and cry out to God for salvations and Holy Ghost movement? Where are those that will sit up at night and say, Lord, enough is enough. Save both sides. Lord, let the Holy Ghost move through the White House, through the Senate, through the representatives. Let the Holy Ghost move. Shake them in the middle of the night. Wake them up and give them dreams. God, we need you to touch a nation. Can a nation be born in a day? Surely it can. We need the Holy Ghost. We need his power again. And this nation is going to experience a supernatural encounter with God that cannot be denied. This I know as surely as I live and breathe, the Lord's going to visit this nation. And we're going to recognize just like the captain of the Lord's host, Joshua was walking and he sees the angel of the Lord. And he says, are you for us or against us? And he said, neither, I am for the Lord. Yes, if you're in God's army, you're supposed to learn in the first day of basic training, you don't pick people as your master, you pick God as your king. So we got to get our minds right. I'm not for you or against you, I'm for the Lord. And if you for the Lord, then we are gonna be friends. If you against the Lord, you better get up out of my way because I'll run over top of you. I'm gonna do what God said do. Till the day I die, I'm gonna serve him. We got to get back to that. Okay, let's hit this prophetic word. I don't want to get too excited and take off running. I don't want to. 5780, the word in Hebrew scripturally that connects to this, which I love because I love doing word searches. It's funny enough, we talked about it last year. The word was counsel, wise counsel. Remember, we touched that 5779. Some of you that remember that for the beginning of the year. And the word God gave us was we would spend a year receiving sound counsel or we would spend the year arguing and yelling. Some of you remember that. Well, we've had a year now where the nation and believers have been arguing and yelling because nobody receives sound counsel. He will do nothing 
unless he first reveals it to his servants, the prophets. God is calling us to understand that the nations of the earth are still in his hand. And he is revealing his plan to us. 5780, the word that connects to that is the word us, us. I love this because it is the same place where it says, and there was a man in the land of us, Job. The word us, uts, is how it comes out, but the word is then in English said to be us. Now, why is that important? It shows up eight times in scripture, eight times. Eight is the number of new beginnings. It is the number where God brings revelation, where he births something new. It is the number of beginning again. Eight times in scripture we see this word. Each time we see it, it is referring five times. It refers to the name of a man. Three times it refers to a place. When we look at this, it amazes me because it is birthed from the same word that we had for last year. The word for consult or consultation, it is now defined as us means a wooded place, a forest. So how do you take a wooded place and bring that from the place of consultation because the word consultation or consult or the wisdom of many literally means to stand among elders. And in scripture, an elder was considered a tree, the plantings of our Lord. So then we go from God saying, if you receive wisdom, you are like a man who stands among tall trees. Ah. He brings us to this year and says, this is the year where you're supposed to walk among the forest in the wooded place. What does that mean? You're supposed to walk among the wisdom, walk among those who are wise. Last year, it was seek and listen to wisdom. This year, stand in it. He says for this year to walk in your destiny, you've got to stand among the wise. That's why I started out by saying you've got to choose who's in your circle. You've got to stand among the wise. You've got to surround yourself with people who hear God, fear God, and serve God. You've got to stand among the wise. You've got to stand in the place where the harvest is growing. The woods, the forest, it speaks of the place where God has prospered. The harvest, the place that is mature. It's where the seedling has grown up to the heights of the glory of God. It means don't look for your life among those who are just beginning. Don't look for your life among those who are guessing sit your life in the middle of those who have survived in the middle of those who have overcome in the middle of those that believe the word in the middle of those that pray through in the middle of those that speak the word from the presence of God he said find those who have survived long enough they can put shade on your life stand among the wise hide yourself in the counsel of those who have overcome this is not the year to build your life with those who are already slipping. This is not the year to run with those who are already giving away their testimony. This is the year to stand, minister to everybody, love everybody, but stand your life in the middle of those who have walked with God successfully. Because your future will look like your decisions. Make the right decisions. Stand among the tall trees. Stand among them. This is the year where God is calling us to stand in the place of cultivation. 
harvest, maturity. This is the year where God is saying, wherever you see Holy Spirit life and maturity, connect to them and learn how they did it. Learn the process. Learn the process. If you are ever free and you have any moment free, you need to be in the middle of Debbie Smith's prayer meeting. Why? Because after all these years of walking with God in five minutes, she can teach you more about your identity and the fire of God than you spending money and going to 20 different conferences and coming back broke and dissatisfied. You will end up drunk in the Holy Ghost and learning the word of God. Why? Because she is a tree. She has grown in the soil of his presence and reached a level of maturity where the sap of his life flows through the limbs of her offering. So when you get underneath that tree, the shade of her life falls on you. That's what is called impartation. You've got to get with those that have planted themselves in the presence of God and stand underneath it. Stand underneath it. If you want to learn how to flow in a place of intimate worship and love the Father with nothing but your heart, you need to find a moment and get around Sheila Martin. I'm telling you. Why? Because even in the midst of all she went through, she kept saying, you're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. Your worship is not proven by your gift. Your worship is proven by how you worship in the midst of pain. You want to learn how to worship in the midst of anything and keep having an encounter with God. You got to get around a tree. That when the wind blew against her, she stood and she kept worshiping. Ah, you better hear what I'm saying today. You've got to find those who are planted in the presence of God. I don't want to keep calling names, but the Lord told me the, to go down this route. If you want to learn how to bring balance into your life. And learn how to see things with a right perspective so that your past does not strangle your future. You need to get around Barry and Fran Craft. Because they planted themselves in the place of bringing emotional healing and speaking into broken dreams and getting people through the sorrows of their past and overcoming trauma and they've done it long enough that when they begin to speak they're not telling you words of hope they're telling you strategies that work but you've got to get underneath their tree so that you can receive the fruit of a life spent planted immovable unshakable that's what the Lord is calling us to be that every one of us God is saying you've got to go deep enough in my presence that the wind can't shake you and troubles can't move you and storms can't uproot you you've got to be planted in the presence of God so this is the year where God is checking root structures ah 
If the word is about the wooded place, the forest, the place where the trees have reached maturity, then God is checking root structures. What does that mean? It is not the height of the tree that reveals its health. It is the depths of the roots. We've got a lot of people who your gifts have made you look tall, but your roots have revealed you're shallow. And how do we know the roots are shallow? Because if you're crying when they're crying, you got shallow roots. If you're afraid when they're afraid, you got shallow roots. If you're offended when they're offended, you got shallow roots. If you need everybody else to tell you who you are every time they see you, you have shallow roots. If everyone is always prophesying to you, but you never give anybody else a word, you have shallow roots. So God is saying we've got to get beyond the shallow roots so that we can grow deep. How do you grow deep? The roots go as far as the water. So don't stand where there's dry ground. Get near the water. What does that mean? Wherever the Holy Spirit is moving, get in it. This is the year when you've got to plant your life where he's moving. So I'm just going to say this, then I'm going to get back to the teaching. Is this helping anybody? Okay. This is the year and the hour where you cannot waste time in dry places. This is the year and the hour where you cannot waste time in dry places. What does that mean? For many of you, God is shifting, shifting where he's had you. Jobs, situations, relationships. God is shifting. Some of you are going to move. It may not be a far move, but from one street to another is going to change your entire perspective on your life because the Lord just needs to move you enough that you disconnect from what you have built as normal so you can connect to what is new for you. So you've got to get ready. What does that mean? He's going to have you do what's absolutely uncomfortable. There are address changes coming for many of you. And you need to be ready to move. Now, let me be clear. I'm not prophesying you out of the desert. That's not the word. I believe everybody is going to be right where God put you. What I'm saying is God is going to give you new opportunity, new connections and new places to draw from. Because you can't see different till you go up higher. You got to go up higher. This is the hour. You can't live low and see high. This is the hour. You can't talk old and walk new. This is the hour you can't look back and make forward progress. This is the hour you can't say you forgive and remind them every time you see them of what they did wrong. This is the hour where you can't live in worship and walk in worry. This is the hour where you can't talk faith and live fear. This is the hour where you have to make a quality decision to make your mouth agree with your spirit. Now, this is difficult for some in the room because some of us, our mouth runs on automatic. Just wake up talking crazy. 
Y'all know, don't look, don't look, don't look. Don't look, don't you start no fight in the parking lot, don't you look. <laughs> but this is the hour, remember, this is the year where God's putting the prophets back in class. So since the power is in your mouth, God says for you to produce what is necessary, I've got to pull out of you the freedom that you possess to kill your own momentum. Every time we come into God's presence, he releases momentum. He releases strategy. He releases power. We receive his presence. We get charged up in the house of God and we feel like this is great. God has spoken to me. And then we go back into our regular life and kill what we received by talking crazy again. You can't talk crazy and make forward momentum. It's impossible. So God is saying to some of us, you must be willing to be accountable to one or two people in your life by saying these words. When you hear me talk crazy, call me on it. Ooh, 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 ooh. Now some of y'all need to make sure you remove all knives from your house. Because the first few weeks, if you do this, honestly, it is going to produce an anger and an irritation. Why? Because I like me like I am. So when you start calling me on what I naturally do, I will be offended. But the only way to change is I have to be willing to be offended until I mature. Ooh. So some of you must be willing when you say that to your husband or your wife or your sister or brother to your friends, I give you permission to call me on it. Then when you're sitting there at Starbucks and you make those two dumb statements back to back and they look up over the coffee and go. I don't, I don't know if you heard yourself, but uh, you know you, you know you sound crazy right now, don't you? you just, I just uh, some of you need to prepare yourself that while you're riding to work with the friend you work with, and you've told them you can call me on it, and y'all like each other, and everything is good, and y'all hang out together, and now you're driving to work, and you start talking CNN or Fox News or whoever you listen and lie to you. <laughs> call both of them line so here you are in your car and you start quoting your favorite prophet because most of us have made the current media our prophets so you're quoting why because whoever you let speak into your spirit to determine your movement you made a prophet Which is why when we get upset, all you can talk about is what you heard. Because that's what you filled your spirit with because you made them prophets. Ah, 
That's what scripture says. God said they are not prophets, but you have made them prophets to you because you hear and receive their word as though it came from me. So when you're riding in the car and you start regurgitating all that stuff you heard and they look at you and go, I, I don't know if you know, but uh, you, you sound crazy. I charge you not to slam on the brakes and open the door and tell them, get out my vehicle. <laughs> Why? Because the only way to mature is to become uncomfortable in the place of learning. So you must allow someone the privilege of making you uncomfortable. If you cannot be challenged, you cannot grow. If you will not let anyone correct you, you are too prideful for your own destiny. You will miss every prophetic word spoken over your life because you cut the throat of wisdom. Because wisdom does not come to tell you you're okay. Wisdom comes to tell you you're missing something. And anyone that cannot hear wisdom will never live out their full destiny. Wisdom does not choose people. Wisdom comes from God. And it is better to be cut by a friend than loved by an enemy. In this year, the word for 2020, I want to give you these because we're reaching the place where we're going to have to take a little break until tonight because I want to release a couple things for people. The word for 2020, the word for 5780 is wooded, speaking of wisdom among the elders. But the word for 2020 is unusual. It only shows up two times in scripture. I love to do research on numbers. And when you begin to look at it, this is a phenomenal word. It, it is the word, the word in the Greek is epefeso, epefefeso, excuse me, epefefeso. I know I'm killing that word right now, epefefeso. Those of you that speak the language, you are listening, go, that does not sound right. Leave me alone. <laughs> That's what I was waiting for. <laughs> Russ got it. When I said, that doesn't sound right, leave me alone. He goes, accountable, accountable. I said, fine, thank you. That's what I was waiting for. Now, what it actually means, it means the dawn of a new day. The word in the Greek that correlates to this year is dawn of a new day. That's why when Susan began to speak, I was standing in the back and I began to yell, come on, keep talking, because she was hitting points and we had not had any discussion. The prophetic word for this year. So the Hebrew word is live among the wise. Live in the forest. The trees of righteousness live among the wise, live among the trees that have grown up.
The word in the Greek is the dawning of a new day. So what does it mean in this season? When you bring them both together, God says, if you will live among wisdom, you will see a new day birthed in your life. A new season is born. Both the times that this word comes up, I want you to look at Luke 23, 54. Luke 23, 54. This scripture is wonderful. And you're going to see something when we tie these two together. Luke 23, 54. Look at verse 53. And he took it down and wrapped it in linen. This is talking about the body of Jesus. He took down the body of Jesus, wrapped it in linen, laid it in a sepulcher that was hewn in stone, wherein never a man had been laid. And that day was the preparation and the Sabbath drew on. Mm. Drew on. That word drew on is only the other time that this word appears. Drew on. It means the beginning of a new day. It falls what? When Jesus died, it only shows up twice. They said when Jesus died, he begs for the body of Jesus. And as they're carrying the body of Jesus and putting it in the tomb, because the remember in Jewish custom, the beginning of a new day is nighttime. So night is about to come. They put Jesus body in a tomb. And as the night is coming, it is the beginning of a new day and they go home. What sorrowful. A new day started for them and the day was a day of sorrow and brokenness and loss. They just saw Jesus crucified. This new day for them was miserable. It was broken. It was sadness. It was rejection and dejection. This new day that began for them was a day where in their mind, this is the worst day of my life. You have to understand that when God begins a new season, you must choose what season you step into. The same prophetic word will come to all of us, but you must choose what season to walk into. This word shows up and it is the word for beginning of a new season, beginning of a new day. It's the birth of a new day. And they birth a new day by putting him in the tomb. And they go home weeping and saying to each other, never has a day started like this. With our hope in a tomb. With our joy torn to pieces with our trust in him broken openly. Never have we had a day like this when everything we believed in was destroyed publicly. And we start the day with everything torn down. And they wept and wept and wept. Their day started with brokenness. Turn to Matthew 28. Matthew 28. Matthew 28, verse 1. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulchre. And behold, there was a great earthquake, 
For the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning, his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said to the women, fear not, for I know that you seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here. For he is risen, as he said, come see the place where he lay. Verse two says, excuse me, verse one. And it was the first day of the week. What does the word say right before that? The dawn of a new day. The two places where it shows up. It was the dawn of his death and the dawn of his resurrection. It is never repeated in the New Testament this word. He locked it down because God was putting in the scripture. The dawn of two things can happen in your life. The dawn of everything you love being destroyed or you can wait a little bit longer and see the dawn of resurrection power, the dawn of fulfillment, the dawn of prophecy coming to pass, the dawn of glory coming in your life, the dawn of hope arising. The last time you had a new beginning, you saw everything die. But three days later, the same thing happened again and everything arose for you. This is the year where God is saying, if you can trust me through what you see, I will birth what I promise before your eyes. That is what we're going to see this year. He said, if you cannot be controlled by what you hear, but trust what you believe in the midst of everybody weeping and crying. Remember in a few days, there's another dawn coming in a few days. I'm going to wake up the whole earth in a few days. The last time you stood here, you laid your hope in the grave. But the next time you stood here, the angel said, rejoice. He is not here. He's risen as he said. This is the year where God is raising hope again. He's raising his word again. He's bringing prophecy to pass. He's creating a way out of no way. It is the dawning of a new day. 2020, he said, this is not about you getting what you want. It's about him getting what he desires. Yay! This is a season where God is birthing in the midst of us. The last time I stood here, I was weeping. But now three days later, a new dawn came. Hey, and now I'm smiling and laughing. The same place that I let go of hope is the same place hope found me. The same place I lost my dream is the same place my dream got up. The same place your marriage was destroyed is the same place you gonna fall in love again. The same place your ministry stopped is the same place your anointing will return. The same place where you lost your worship is the same place you gonna sing again. The same place where you went bankrupt is the same place you gonna have a new business. God said if you don't give up right in the place where you lost everything I'll give it back to you again oh yes he will oh yes he will oh yes he will God is calling us to set our focus to not be moved by what we see and hear 
but remember that in him is all we believed for. This is the year and the hour where God said, if you'll stand among the wise, I'll let you see another day begin. And this day is the day of recovery. You stood here before and lost it all. But if you just keep standing, just keep standing, just keep believing, just keep hoping, just keep worshiping, just keep trusting. If you just stand here a little while, having done all, stand. Says, stand here a little while until God makes your enemy your footstool. Sit here. He said, I need you to stop fighting so much. Just sit down for a minute. Just sit down like you trust me. Just wait. I'm going to make your enemy your footstool. I'm going to cause what was chasing you to become the platform for your destiny. He said, sit down till I put it under your feet. That's what he's calling us to. And God is reminding us in this hour and in this year, if we will keep our focus, he is pulling us into another measure of dominion and authority. I don't know about you, but I know God cannot lie. I know he's faithful. I've seen him do too much. I've already trusted him through some of the worst seasons and he came through. So why not believe him now? Why not trust him a little bit more? Why not lean on him? He's a staff that cannot be broken. He's a mountain that will not fade away. He's a water that will never dry up. He's a well that springs up from eternity. He's a river that flows from a throne. He's a shade in the middle of a hot day and a cool drink of water in the middle of a storm. He is my bulwark that protects me and my shepherd that leads me. He's my hope that made me get up and the joy that keeps me running. He's peace in the middle of a storm and laughter when grief would take me. He is my father, my brother, my friend, and my protector. I don't know about you, but if he's all that, he can give me what he said is mine. I'm going to trust him a little bit longer and watch him work oh yes i am yeah i believe him he's a real god he's a mighty god he's a wonder working god if he said it he'll do it if he spoke it he'll bring it to pass god is who he says he is and i'm gonna trust him till i die yes he's a mighty god Yay! Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Hey! Yes! Oh, my, 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 my. Hey! Yay! Jesus. We bless your name. He's a good God. Yes, he is. He's a worthy God. Yes, he is. He's a holy God. Yes, he is. I'm so glad he loves us. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Oh, my, 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 my. I'm trying to behave, Pastor Melissa. I'm trying to. I'm trying. I'm trying. It ain't working. (laughs) Yes. Now, I want to share this. Oh, my Lord. Oh, sure. Hey, yes, he is. Yes. 
Some of us need to believe him for the stuff we gave up on. Don't enter this year letting go of what God said is yours. You've got to set your gaze. If God said it's yours, believe him. Set your faith for it. Begin to prophesy it again. Begin to declare. If God said it is so, it is so. Believe him for the impossible. He has not ever lied. He cannot lie. He will not lie. He doesn't know how to lie. He is truth itself. He keeps his word. We've got to set our face to believe him. Set our face. Oh my goodness. I didn't even make it to Chronicles 2020. That's the whole message for today. Lord. Charity, you knew this was going to happen. You did, didn't you? I knew it. You knew it. You knew it. <laughs> so I want to say these few things then to wrap up the word. When the Lord began to speak this to me, because tonight we're going to go into the specific words for nations and we're going to really release that. Because I want to be conscious we have another, another service that's going to start soon. So that's the only reason I'm, I'm putting some things to tonight. The Lord said to me, for these things to be necessary and to come to pass this year, he said, it's not enough just to stir the people and tell them. He said, I want you to give them keys. So here are the keys. Number one, this whole idea of sitting among the wise, what does that really break down to? I want to break it down to one word, discernment. When you sit among the wise, what happens is if the last year was a year of consultation and the year before that, we talked about the last few years was flying with them that fly and finding your team and running with them that run. And then we hit the year of wisdom. Now we hit the place of standing among the wise. Okay. What does that all come down to? Discernment. Discerning the right people the right place and the right assignment. This is the year where you must discern what God has truly called you to do so that you are not busy doing what God did not call you to do. For many of us, the only thing that's stopping what God promised you is you are too busy doing everyone else's jobs. So we talked about yesterday, Deborah. Many of us are so busy doing everyone else's jobs, serving everyone else's dreams, that we have not ever fully given time to the thing God put in us. So in this year, you must learn the art of a good no. In this year, we must learn the art and the beauty of saying to people, I love you, but no. I pray that you are successful. No, I cannot help you. Not because I'm mad at you, not because I'm against you, but God has given me four things I must get accomplished in the next few months. And if I help all these other things, I'm going to be unfaithful to my assignment. So that means keep being a servant, but serve where God told you to serve. Many of us, especially in church, we're not serving where God told us to serve. We're serving because someone asked. So we're serving out of a desire to get people to like us. Oh, 
So for in this year to see the Lord bring to pass what he told you, you must reevaluate clearly your assignment. What did God call you to do? Secondly, disconnect yourself from everything God has not given you to do. What does that mean? I'm going to say this now. Some of you may not like it, but I'm hoping you don't. For many, I talked about it yesterday with the women of wisdom. There are many who God has truly called you. And there is an anointing upon you. And some of you, the Lord told you some things would happen by certain years in your life. And you have not yet seen those things manifest. I want to say to some of you, part of what's keeping some of the things God promised you from manifesting is you have not had the time to perfect your gift. So the Lord did not open the door because he did not want you to walk through the door and lose territory that should belong to you. The word of God starts the season. The anointing of God gives you breakthrough. But your excellence keeps you there once you get there. If you are not excellent in your gifting, if you are not practiced in your assignment, then when you walk through the door, they see no reason to keep you because you did not produce once you stepped in. So it's the same measure of if there are 10 people cooking the same food, the only one you return to is the one who perfected the dish. When you eat it and go, 10 people made the same hamburger, but that hamburger, woo! It is that hamburger that made me write a note to all the other cows and I said, I'm on my way. <laughs> that hamburger made me rejoice. Mm-hmm. Now, why is that <laughs> To all the vegans in the room, I'm sorry. Now, what happens, <laughs> now what happens to us is when we get inundated with everyone else's assignment, we never have time for our own. So that means you never perfect your gift. So God told you a few years ago, he was going to let you speak to nations. And while you should have been studying and preparing, Speaking in every opportunity you could, speaking on the street, speaking in a nursing home, speaking in high schools, speaking to a couple people in your house, perfecting your gift, studying, seeing what works, working on your delivery, looking at how you speak, studying speakers from the past, studying great speeches, looking at the word, looking at how you put together a message. How do you deliver it? Am I being clear? Am I understood? Letting people assess your delivery and talk to you later. Instead of that, we are simply waiting for someone to give us a mic. So if you ever get the mic, we recognize you should never get it again. Because you spoke and there was anointing, but we didn't understand what you said. It didn't give us an application. And we didn't know how to use anything you gave because you were so excited that you had an opportunity. You didn't actually produce anything with it. Now, this is not mean. I believe every person who is called, you must perfect your gift. 
So when the Lord said to me, you're going to be a prophet to nations one day, how did it start? Nobody gave me a mic. The churches did not go, behold, we have a prophet. <laughs> so we met in houses and fed people and we opened up a basement in a church and took kids in whose parents could not afford to feed them. And we started feeding kids and over the kids, I began to prophesy. And we started going out and visiting. It was the projects in our area. Nobody could come to the church. So my father got a van and went and picked up anybody who wanted to come. Drunk, high, it didn't matter if you had just shot up on drugs. If you want to come, we're going to drive you. And when they came in messed up and high, the first people we prophesied to is, baby, don't you know God loves you? And this is what we see in your future. My gift was perfected outside of the pulpit. So that when the pulpit opened, I wasn't guessing. For those that have a healing ministry, you have to stop waiting for everyone to call you down front to lay hands. Have you laid hands on anyone in Walmart? Did you pray for anyone at the gas station? Have you prayed for your own family? Did you go to the neighbor's house when you've noticed eight days in a row their car has not moved from the... Did you go and knock on the door and say, is anybody sick? Well, let me make you some soup and can I pray for you before I leave? If you're waiting for your gift to be used in the house, perfect it outside the house. Because when the opportunity comes, you only get one chance. To show people your skill. So everyone in the room, if God called you to have business and you're going to change the life of people and break the spirit of poverty, then you do not wait for someone to show up and give you a million dollar check. I don't know how many saints we have who've received a prophecy about business or prosperity and they don't move, won't work, won't save money, won't tithe on the little they have, and they keep saying, well, God's going to do it one day. No, he is not. Because he says, I'll make you ruler over much when you're faithful with a little. So God is waiting to see, will you get up and break laziness and go get a job? Will you show up on time for someone else? Because if you're going to have a company, you can't rebuke your employees for being late if you ain't never been on time for nothing. So God said, if I'm going to give you something, perfect your skill. God told you you're going to write books and you can't even use spell check. You post something on Facebook and we think you're speaking in tongues. <laughs> now, why am I saying this? I'm saying it because what God called us to do in this hour, it's the year that prophets are rising. It's the year that God is causing us to stand among wisdom. So wisdom, the wise who have grown, you must now run the risk of offending people by sharing with them truth. For this house, for all the houses in the desert, for all the houses each one of us is connected to, we cannot grow until we are honest. And you cannot go into a situation determining not to talk and think things are settled. So we're in the hour where in your families, in your businesses, in your lives, in your future, in your destinies, in the destiny God gave you, you've got to act honestly assess 
then sit down together and love each other and say, I love you, but we got to fix this. Why? Because whatever you don't fix will destroy your momentum. Is this helping anybody? So if we're going forward in this place, in this desert, in our lives, if we're going forward in the things of God, God said, stand among the wise. Stand under the shade of their life. Let them share with you what they've learned over the years. It doesn't mean you have to hear everything they say, but at least listen. Stand in the shade of it. Once you stand in the shade of it, then recognize there's a new dawn. And in this dawn, he's rising again. He's getting up to reveal all that he promised me is true. He's speaking new words of life. What I thought I lost has found me again. And in that place, we shall touch nations and change the desert and see our families made new again. 2020 is the year. Stand among the wise. Perceive the new dawn of opportunity and work your gift so that you can be a prophet arising to a new level when God opens the door. God is calling us to another level. Do you believe this? Yes. Okay. I want to say a couple of things and then I'm going to release it. Yeah. Number one, be in prayer. There is a prophetic gathering coming together in February. I want you to be praying for it. February 27th, 28th, 29th, and March 1st. God said to bring together kingdom in the desert. And so we're bringing together a group of prophets and Dub Alexander, he works in the United Nations. He's going to come talk about government and what God is doing in the governments of the world and how to invade them with the word of the Lord. Matt Gonzalez was a professional baseball player who had an encounter with God and now moves in a strong prophetic anointing where God gives him names and he sees the names of people's kids. And it's a phenomenal prophetic gift to watch him work. And he's going to be with us for that entire time. I'm going to be sharing and Susan Miller is going to be talking and sharing. It's going to be a phenomenal time. We're going to talk about what God is doing in business, what God is doing in the nations and how to set our focus. And we're going to bring an atmosphere of worship where people can just soak in his presence and be transformed. It's going to be ridiculous. And it's at the. Oh, it's already up. Well, behold. 2020 has manifested. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> thy vision so as the lord is calling us it's going to be a phenomenal time also i believe next sunday night susan is here sunday morning next sunday night is going to be wendell mcgowan so he'll be here sunday night and so as god is releasing the prophetic this weekend he's going to keep releasing it next weekend it's going to be a phenomenal time of god just building prophetic level upon prophetic level i'm excited for what god is doing now i want to just say a couple of things and then we got to Get ready to move. We've already got some of the other church that are beginning to come in. So first I say to you this year, prophesy what you believe. Don't speak what you don't want. Speak what you do. Declare what God has spoken over you and say it like you believe it. Second, hold each other accountable. Don't talk crazy on purpose. If you talk crazy by accident, that's all right. We all going to do it. But don't be crazy on purpose. Don't kill your future with your tongue. Third, worship 
like you believe. It is in the atmosphere of worship that God causes prophetic encounters and prophetic destiny to be unlocked and released. So in the midst of worshiping God, he will establish what he has spoken to you in the midst of worship. And the last thing, very simple. We know what you love by how you respond to it. So make sure you've dealt with your own heart issues so that you don't miss what God has for you because you really don't love what he has. Fall in love with the will of God. Fall in love with his will. Don't just tell him you'll do it and then when it comes, you just complain about it. Fall in love with his will. What does that mean? Be willing to make yourself yield to him. Be willing to lay your life at his feet and say and mean, not my will, but yours be done. This is a phenomenal year where the glory of God is being released and it's being opened and manifested by the choice we make. What is the greatest choice you can make? His will, not mine. If we do that actively and openly, he will cause his glory to flow through us and upon us. This is a good season. It's a good season. All of a sudden, over the last couple of days, I've had these divine encounters that have been happening. And oy, there was so much more I wanted to share with you this morning, but we just don't have the time. We'll do it tonight. But I've had these divine encounters the last couple of days that have transformed the way I'm thinking. The Lord has been speaking to me so clearly and it shocked me. Some of the things he said to me were very clear. The Lord said to me, there are things that I've wanted to give you and bring to you that I could not bring to you because you have been focused on things I did not give you. That's where this word came from when I said, you've got to actively assess. I'm only sharing with you what he made me walk through these last couple of weeks. Where the Lord said to me, you have been loving and helping, but there are things I did not call you to do. So get yourself refocused. Second thing that has been wonderful is the Lord said to me, I began to laugh. I was sitting last night um, with Patrick and Jackie Chu. We had a good dinner. It was a nice meal. It was a good meal. And but we're sitting and talking. And at the end, I was so blessed by something. He just began to say to me, he said, this is a new season. He said, but it just looks like you're ready for it. I said, what do you mean? He said, you seem more at peace. And I began to laugh and the Lord said, you're at peace because you've decided to let go of what I did not give you. There's a level of peace many of us will step into where you will not strive, you will not fight, you will not be worried and praying about things that God did not give you when you simply determine that's not my assignment. I can pray for you while you do your job, but I will not let you make your job my job. Because I have to stand before God when he says, why didn't you finish what I gave you? Each person in this room, you have your own assignment. You have a calling. You have a destiny. Set your focus. Set your vision. Be glad to bless and help, but don't throw away your birthright. Do what he called you to do and do it with joy. Last piece that is simple. We were eating at burgers and beer and 
I didn't have any beer. <laughs> Only in church does that work. <laughs> and I'm sitting there eating, and I was sitting, and um, this was after Saturday. Connie, Connie Lockett and Byron had come up, and so we're sitting there eating, and Connie looks at me, and she said, you know, I, I prayed for you. I said, well, I hope so. I mean, it helps. She said, and I asked that God would bless you. And she said, the Lord told her literally, she said, and I saw the Lord say, I take care of him. That blessed me to the point that I just had to stop eating, and that's a miracle. It was ridiculous. Jonathan, I didn't even finish my burger. I'm telling you, I left bacon on the plate. Now, that's God. You hear me? That's God right there. If this brother leave bacon, oh, somebody walking on water right now. You hear me? I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you, it's like three unicorns and a midget riding by. So <laughs> you ain't going to see it but once. So <laughs> some of y'all don't even know. Can I laugh in church? Yes. And when she said it, the Lord said to me, he said, the reason I told her that is because as long as you do my will, I will fully handle your life. I say to some of you right now, there's a lot of things that you've been so concerned about and you're praying about and you're. You're trying to figure out whether to go on 30-day fast or 40-day fast, go to this conference, read another book, how much oil to anoint yourself with. You're trying to figure out how long to pray, get up in the middle of the night and pray. You run around your house praying. You're speaking in tongues, speaking in Yiddish, speaking in German, speaking in Russian, speaking in English, running around, you done anointed yourself, got the sign of the cross, running around. I mean, it's like... <laughs> and the Lord has so quieted my spirit the last couple of months. He said, I always... Take care of those that obey me. I say to some of you, make your life simple again. Stop worrying about everything and just do what he told you to do. If you do what he said, he will do what he said. He's not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. If he said it, he will do it. If he spoke it, he will make it good. So trust him. Simple faith brings glorious answers and God is on your side. You believe that? Let's stand together.